Big show today. We are going to get into everything. We're going to go through Pride Month and companies going woke, but we're also going to talk about the inconvenient history of many of those companies. We're also going to talk about this massive victory against cancel culture where Johnny Depp won his defamation case against Amber Heard. But before we do, a couple things going on TPUSA. Remember, folks, the Student Action Summit coming up July 22nd, 24th, 2022, Tampa, Florida. Use promo code POSO. You get 25% off. Make sure you register at tpusa.com slash SAS. The link is in the description. President Trump will be there next. The conservative response to the Great Reset. Go and get your book. Donate as little as $1. You will get Charlie's new book at tpusa.com. It's actually reset.tpusa.com. We've got the special portal set up just for it. Go there now. Take action. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. Today is June 2nd, 2022, Anano Domine. Today's top headlines, corporate America going woke for Pride Month. We're going to talk a little bit about this next. A new report is out saying that voting software is vulnerable in about 16 states. That's interesting. Third, California releasing their first reparations report, a new panel releasing uh, a report on comprehensive reparations to black Americans. And finally, the jury rules in favor of Johnny Depp in a def- his defamation lawsuit against Amber Heard, a massive loss for cancel culture. All this more head human events daily. So corporate America going completely woke for Pride Month. Yes, of course, corporate America going super woke because it's Pride Month. And so I wanted to go through all of this, right? And I think that, by the way, that Pride Month has totally jumped the shark at this point. Because it's like, why does corporate America have to push this every single June? They change their logos. They put out these statements, right? You've got one one company out there, by the way, Everyman Jack, saying pride is a time to celebrate the LGBTQI plus community and continue the push for a world with equality, freedom, justice and inclusivity. Well, apparently Everyman Jack is a form of they sell like 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 men's grooming supplies. And so they wrote groom with pride and shown the LGBT flag. Yikes. Not good. Not good. Maybe should have, I don't know, shown that to somebody, you know, who had a clue or have any kind of like just show it to a regular person before you write this. Say, hey, does this make sense? So let's go through some of these posts. And I was taking through this on Twitter. IBM. We have pride in what defines us. IBM stands stands by those living boldly in the LGBTQ plus community. Join us during Pride Month as we highlight these perspectives. IBM really does not want you to ask about the census they conducted in Germany in 1933. Yes, that's right. They conducted the ethnic census in Germany, IBM, back in 1933. And for anyone who's been paying attention, you know what that was used for. Hugo Boss, Hugo Boss Corporate. June is here and we are celebrating Pride Month. Diversity and inclusiveness as close to our heart at Hugo Boss. Stay tuned as we will share some proud voices from our team and tell you more about our partnerships. Don't ask Hugo Boss about which uniforms they made in the 1930s. I just want to know because they've got, they've got our colleague Julio and they've got Julio here saying, 
that he is going to be talking about his journey to living his truth after undergoing gender affirmation surgery. That's great. That's great, Julio. I just want to know, will Julio for Hugo Boss be doing any throwback content to the Hugo Boss 1934 collection? For those of you who don't know, Hugo Boss back in the 1930s made the uniforms for Hitler's brown shirts and the Waffen SS. So there you go. That's Hugo Boss. Let's go a little further. The United States Space Force, Major General Leah Lauterbach spoke on how the LIT, don't even know what the LIT is, is working to change policy, change minds, and celebrate opportunities for LGBTQ plus members of the military during an interview with Air and Space. They're, now, they're calling it Queer Space, and they've made a new graphic where the American flag on the moon is symbolically replaced with a pride flag. Isn't that nice? Thanks, Space Force. Let's go. What else do we have here? BMW. And I just love BMW. So BMW, of course, they've got their massive, you know, LGBT flag logo is now their new their new logo for BMW. But if you notice BMW Saudi Arabia, oh, just doesn't seem to have changed their logo for some reason. Let's take another look. Pfizer, Pfizer Inc. Okay, rainbow flag logo. Go to Pfizer. Oh, Pfizer Saudi. Not there. Not there. No, that, strange. Why isn't it that Pfizer Saudi hasn't changed their logo? Interesting. By the way, I noticed that even on Pfizer, they've got the new pride flag, uh, which includes black, brown, the light blue, the white, and the pink. So if you notice, as they continue pushing the and changing the pride flag, what they're doing is they're actually pushing the original rainbow further and further away from all this. NASCAR, of course. NASCAR, as we celebrate the LGBTQ plus community, we acknowledge that recent actions have not aligned with NASCAR's mission to be a welcoming sport for all, right? So NASCAR is apologizing for allowing the governor of Texas, Governor Greg Abbott, to wave the green flag of the Texas Motor Speedway at the at the latest uh, NASCAR race. Funny, you know, how that works. Nas- literally, NASCAR in Texas. I have no idea how you have any problem with that? Mercedes-Benz. Mercedes-Benz of Saudi Arabia has not changed their logo, but the lo- the overall Mercedes-Benz Corporation, you better believe they've changed their logo. Don't ask Mercedes-Benz, by the way, what they were building during uh, about 1938 to 1945. You just, you don't want to ask that question. People don't want to. And then Volkswagen, of course. Volkswagen. What was Volkswagen doing? Well, put it this way. Who was the founder of Volkswagen? Do you know who the founder of Volkswagen was? Do you know, right, who the designer, maybe not the designer, but the guy who came up with the idea for the Volkswagen Beetle was? The more you know, the more you know. Yes, the Volkswagen was designed by the Nazi party and the idea for the Volkswagen Beetle was created by Adolf Hitler. Yes, 100% true. Um, you can go and look all this stuff up. And so I just love during Pride Month to go through and talk about the history of these companies and how woke and prideful they really are. Just seen the latest out of Ukraine, 20 million tons of grain blocked by the mined ports, the blockaded port of Odessa, a city that I just returned from. Folks, don't look now. We are in it. People who study our food supply are living and saying that 2022 is likely to be the worst year from a food crisis and global hunger and starvation perspective since World War II. That means we do not have much time left. There are only nine meals 
between civilization and anarchy. The world runs on a 90-day food supply. That's why we have partnered, I have partnered with My Patriot Supply to set up preparewithposo.com for a special offer. They are America's largest preparedness company with over 55,000 four-star and five-star reviews. Go to preparewithposo.com right now. You'll save $150 on their crucial, this is crucial, three-month emergency food kit. The kit provides breakfast, lunches, dinners, drinks, snacks, totaling over 2,000 calories a day for optimum energy when you need it the most. Get one kit for each person in your family. Go to preparewithposo.com. You will save $150 right now. You're going to need this soon. Listen to the people that study this. Get the emergency food right now before it's too late. Preparewithposo.com today. The link is in the description. All right, this next piece here. The Department of Homeland Security's cyber agency, and to be very clear about this, I'm not the one who's coming up with this stuff. I'm just reading what the report says, all right? I'm just reading what the report says. The nation's leading cybersecurity agency says electronic voting machines from a leading vendor used in at least 16 states have software vulnerabilities. Election voting machines from this vendor used in all of these states, I think we all know what the name of that vendor is, have vulnerabilities and it has sent an advisory to state election officials. This comes from the U.S. Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Agency, or CISA. They also say, just to remind you, of course, that there's no evidence that flaws in the DVS equipment have been exploited to alter election results in the past. But also it's 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 amazing how they're just they're just being so careful about how they say this, right? But it could potentially cause vulnerability. CISA Executive Director Brandon Wales said in a statement that state standard election security procedures should detect exploitation of these vulnerabilities and in many cases would prevent attempts entirely. Yet the advisory seems to suggest that states aren't doing enough. It urges prompt mitigation measures, including both continued and enhanced defensive measures, to reduce the risk of exploitation of these vulnerabilities. Those measures need to be applied ahead of every election, the advisory says, and it's clear that's not happening in all of the states that use the machines. Interesting. University of Michigan computer scientist, this is from ABC News, by the way, J. Alex Halderman, who wrote the report on which the advisory is based, has long argued that using digital technology to record votes is dangerous because computers are inherently vulnerable to hacking and thus require multiple safeguards that aren't uniformly followed. He and many other election security experts have insisted that using hand-marked paper ballots is the most secure method of voting and the only option that allows for meaningful post-election audits. Hmm. Halderman told the AP, these vulnerabilities, for the most part, are not ones that could be easily exploited by someone who walks in off the street, but they are things that we should worry could be exploited by sophisticated attackers such as hostile nation states election or election insiders, and they would carry very serious consequences. Hmm. Ha! Hmm. Gee. Gosh, golly, gee. Right? And so here's the thing, right? Is that, and, and, and people know that obviously I've been a huge supporter of Mike Lindell in terms of his right 
to be able to ask questions, his right to be able to file lawsuits, his right to be able to dig through all of this stuff. This is what Mike Lindell has been talking about all along. That we potentially have major problems with these things. And oughtn't we go back? Oughtn't we go back to simply using hand ballots? Paper ballots that you can count the day of the election. Each precinct can go through, set it up. And then the precinct votes. You do a you do a raw tally at the end of the day. You send that off. You keep a hard tally that you wait a couple of days. You do that at the county level. You send it. You get the results in one day. That's how they do it in France. And they don't have mail-in ballots in France either. All right. How many times do I have to say this? I never thought I would expect to say that we could learn from the French, but it turns out in terms of running our elections, perhaps we should listen to the French. And to Mike Lindell, I think there's a lot of people who owe him an apology. And for people who are very upset at seeing this news from the Biden administration's Department of Homeland Security, if you're losing sleep over the fact that even the Biden administration is admitting these things, then simply head on over to MyPillow.com, utilize promo code POSA. There is a great buy one, get one sale going on right now, ladies and gentlemen, up to 65% off even the buy one, get one. If you use it immediately with this time, then you, you too, as you're crying in bed at night, you can have the best night's sleep of the whole wide world. By the way, Dave Portnoy over at Barstool Sports, I saw that he was asking for some pillow help. Dave. Reach out to my people, have your people get in touch with my people. We can do something with this. I'll help you out, buddy. So this is interesting, and I see the story out of foxnews.com. A California panel is set to release a report calling for comprehensive reparations to black Americans. California Governor Newsom signed legislation enabling the reparations task force in 2020. This is the first of its kind, and it's in the nation. A report coming out Wednesday to outline several ways, and we're looking for this report, we'll get you the report, to address what it believes are wrongs committed by the state against black Americans. The report calls for expanded voter registration, policies to hold police more accountable in cases of alleged brutality, and recommends the creation of a special office. The government, the government is here to help. That would in part help black Americans who descended from free or enslaved black people in the country at the end of the 19th century document their eligibility for financial restitution. The report, which runs about 500 pages, will be the first government commission study in the U.S. on harms against the African-American community since the 1968 Kerner Commission report ordered by President Lyndon Johnson. Uh, the task force chair... Camilla Moore said, I hope that this report is used not only as an educational tool, but an organizing tool for people not only in California, but across the U.S. to educate their communities, she said. Adding the report also highlights the contributions of the African-American community and how they made the United States what it is despite ongoing oppression and degradation. So Newsom started this in 2020, right? The hide the BLM protests, the riots. The state will essentially be it will that it will be a state office of African American or American Freedmen Affairs that could help African American residents file claims and trace their lineage to prove eligibility for institutional restitution. And so as we look at this, as we look at all of this going on, I want to make a couple of points on this, right? So 
is there, right, is there a situation where the government is the one that can come in and solve problems? It should be, right? You'd think that in a normal society, that's how things would work, that you would set up a government office, the government could potentially come in, see some issues, uh, conduct some spending, fix some regulations, allow a tax credit, et cetera, et cetera. We want to believe that we live in that world. But unfortunately, things like this, things like this always tend to make problems worse. They really do. And I'm sorry to say that because obviously, obviously, American descendants of slavery, African-American descendants of slavery do have claims to the fact that their their lineage was mistreated and that they could still be facing the effects of that today institutionally sure absolutely obviously right not the same thing that happened to other groups that came to this country even though there were many other groups that came to the united states and did also face different levels of either persecution or uh, essentially not being allowed to participate in society at the same level as people who had already been here, right? That's just obvious. That's also part of American history. But I want to address something from a practical level that you need to be very careful with this. You need to be very, very careful with this idea of using government funds to go to certain groups of people and not go to others. Because what you do in that situation, it creates resentment, it creates animus, and it creates divisions in your society. Now, you could argue that people like Governor Newsom, that's what they're looking for. They want to divide society. Because when you start having checks go out, but checks can only go out because of race or because of someone's background, right? I'm not saying, I'm look, obviously, history is complicated. That's just the way the world is. There's no country in the world that has a perfect past. Just not how it works. But you have to be very careful with what you do for the people that are alive today and your country going forward in terms of cohesion and having a cohesive society. Because how many government problem programs have we launched to address these issues in the past and how many have actually been successful? Scant few. What can I say? What can I say? I might be throwing in with my libertarian brethren on this because I don't think government is the answer in this case. And huge news out of Virginia, though, honestly, if anyone has been paying attention, you would have known this is where it was coming. Johnny Depp, the jury ruled for him massive victory in his defamation lawsuit against Amber Heard and the Washington Post. Keep in mind that she wrote this column, this op-ed, attacking him and accusing him of domestic violence, domestic abuse, back in 2018, got him canceled. Washington Post ran it. The ACLU, by the way, helped to ghostwrite this op-ed, and we probably shouldn't be overlooking that. We should not overlook that, because I think that the Washington Post should be held liable and the ACLU should be held liable in this case. Well, actually, I believe they should be held liable in all cases, but what do you know? So what happened here? Amber Heard lied about Johnny Depp. He has been awarded by the jury compensatory damages in the amount of $10 million and punitive damages in the amount of $5 million. We're also seeing, we're also seeing 
that Amber Heard's lawyer came out and said she can't afford it. That she doesn't have that money. That's bigger. That's higher than her net worth. So she's bankrupt. She's completely bankrupt now. And I know there are a lot of people. I was on with Charlie Kirk yesterday. And he said, he said, Jack, why why does this case matter? What what's what's you know, what what's the point of this? Why do we care? I said, guys, guys, this is about cancel culture, right? I'm not saying Johnny Depp is some conservative stalwart or anything like that. Obviously, he's not. He's a Hollywood actor. But keep in mind, who's on which side in this case? Johnny Depp is going up against the entire mainstream media, Hollywood, Disney, the Washington Post, the eight, the far left ACLU, which has completely lost all credibility as an outcome of this case. He went up against all of them because cancel culture came for somebody who had the ability and had the financial resources and the wherewithal to stick it out, to sit through it and say, you know what? I'm not going to take this. This person is trying to take my life away with false allegations and I am going to fight and I'm going to try to get it back. And that's exactly what happened. The jury ruled unanimously in favor of Depp in his case, responding yes to every question asked on whether he had heard that proved that Amber Heard acted with actual malice and that statements made by Amber Heard in regards to Depp were false. There was another count, by the way, another count, by the way, against Depp's agent who had said something about Amber Heard which they had, which she had, had counterclaimed and countersued for, and that she found they found one count of defamation against Depp's agent. Okay, but this is a resounding victory for Depp, a unanimous yes across the board in terms of this. What just happened here? Me Too is dead. This is the end of Me Too. This is the end of the false allegations. And this is a victory for anyone, by the way, anyone who has been me tooed by false allegations or anyone who's faced false allegations in general, all right, in general. This idea that you can take somebody, cancel them, and then use that cancellation to try to further your own career. Taylor Lorenz came after me recently, all right? Nini Yankovic has been coming after me. All of these high-level people trying to use cancel culture, and it's not working anymore. It's working less and less. You know why? Because people are sick of it. They're fighting back. They're saying, you know what? Maybe this pe- this person isn't perfect, but who is? Who is perfect in this world? And they don't exist. You will not find perfection outside of Christ Jesus. Doesn't exist. No living man, woman, child is perfect. That's part of the human condition. And no one can be held up to this. But when you are accusing someone of crime, when you were accusing someone of this type of activity and you have no background for it, that grossly embellished, completely false, guess what? You can take people to court and you can win. So bravo, Johnny Depp, and thank you for standing up to this. One thing that he wrote in a statement at the, at the, uh, uh, the end of the verdict, he said, we need in this country to return to a standard of innocence before guilt. What a concept. What an amazing concept. Innocent before being proven guilty. Amen. 
And that is all the time we have today. Human Events Daily. Remember our promise, our oath, our solemn vow to you. Be good, be brief, be going. Your homework for us. Share this out with one. Just seriously, guys. One, just pick one. One person you know. One of your normie friends. Share it out with them. And then leave us your five-star review. By the way, when you leave us those reviews, it actually really does help. It helps our numbers, helps our metrics. What do we talk about today? Corporate America going woke for Pride Month. But we also talked about the inconvenient facts about many of those corporations. Volkswagen, I'm looking in your direction. Next, voting software vulnerable in multiple states, specifically the state of Georgia, called out by the DHS. Oops, maybe somebody should call Mike Lindell. Next, California releasing their first reparations report. And then finally, the jury ruling in favor of Johnny Depp in the defamation lawsuit against Amber Heard. A huge failure for cancel culture. But before we go, it's time for today's moment of history. Today, June 2nd, 1989, 10,000 Chinese soldiers were blocked by 100,000 citizens, many of them students in Tiananmen Square, Beijing. Those citizens protected the students who are demonstrating for democracy. We're coming up very close to June 4th, the anniversary of the Tiananmen Square Massacre. We need to remember this. And we also need to pay attention because Taiwan could be seeing something very similar too from the CCP. Remember that the Chinese people were always the first victims of the CCP. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay ashore.